I Brain Map by Rita McInnes. Chapter 16. Ah, Awareness as it Happens. In the next chapters, I'll discuss each principle of the AIRS technique in detail. In this chapter, I explain the first essential factor in the AIRS sequence, awareness that activation is happening and, importantly, acknowledging and naming what is happening. Recognising activation as it happens. Recognising an experience's activation while it's happening is like flicking on the light in the brain to see the body memory map and creating a pause. This is often the hardest part because typically your system treats the experience as a current threat and gets lost in the tunnel, especially when it's an old familiar feeling. But before anything can change, you need to recognise that this experience is activation. This can be tricky because activation is a shapeshifter. Noticing, naming and numbering engage a broad range of brain functions, allowing the brain to make more connections. Making wider connections is like throwing ropes out of the tunnel so the brain can hook on, get some traction on something solid and draw you through the experience of activation. Switching on more parts of the brain is often described as having more space, Instead of being trapped in the tunnel, alone in the dark experience, there's a sense of movement, even if it's only subtle in the beginning. Ah is also like a pause, a breathing out, that allows a softening of the activation cycle, a small gap of possibility. This slows things down and allows you to begin drawing your attention into the present. Finding the pause is an essential part of mindfulness. Ah, as it happens, is the only time your brain can change a lower brain pathway. Anything else is like standing on the beach and watching the waves or talking about how to surf instead of getting into the water and facing the waves. By acknowledging whatever is happening, as it happens, your experience changes from overwhelm and lost in the tunnel to, oh, this is activation, and I can give it airs. Your brain can begin to change and integrate old body memory maps. It helps to name it. In the beginning, it helps to name it as activation. Using the cue word activation helps the brain make the association with the eye brain map to remind you that there's no current threat but that the lower brain is lost in a body memory map. Using a cue word is like giving the child who's having a nightmare a name for what's happening. Giving the brain a cue word means it can begin to recognise activation and name it next time it happens, making it less terrifying. The brain can link this current experience or body memory map to the rest of the brain with a broader recognition and understanding, adapting the eye-brain map based on your changing experience. 0-10 creates space. Giving the activation a number between 0 and 10, what is referred to as SUD-scale subjective units of distress, helps the brain make more connections. 
Trying to come up with a number between 0 and 10 is like a quick hand trick that requires some contextualising because you have to measure the activation against something. This challenges the brain to have to leap out of the tunnel and remember other experiences. For example, oh, last week it was a 7, today it's an 8. So instead of being fully in the forever experience, your brain has to subtly access some other experience to measure against. Take anger, for instance. If you're angry, it can feel as if you are the anger. You're completely identified or over-identified, secondary activation, with your anger. I am angry. If the anger takes you over, you can't find any space between you and it. But if you notice you're getting angry, oh, I feel angry, my jaw is clenched and it's at an eight, you experience a little bit of space between you and your capacity to observe and the experience of anger. It's this awareness, space or mindfulness of the whole experience of anger That is the beginning of choice because you start to change your relationship or orientation to the emotion. Making it your own and habituation. Activation happens at lightning speed because it's linked to your survival response. So in the beginning, people do whatever they can remember of the air's sequence. Some people find that acknowledging activation is the first thing they do whereas others name the activation after they have identified the feeling or given it a number between 0 and 10. The order in which you move through the different elements can be flexible, and as you will see, they overlap, as long as you begin with awareness as it happens. When you first start using airs, it's fresh, so most people find that applying airs during activation helps. They say it works, but then things change. Because it works initially, you keep using it, but you may secretly begin to use it to try and stop the activation. This gives the brain a different message, a stop it message. And as you know, the brain reads this as a threat and responds by keeping the loop going to protect you from the threat. And around you go again and again And you come to therapy and complain, it's not working. It's important to understand that the brain habituates very rapidly. In other words, it adapts to change. You try a new technique like airs and it seems to work, meaning it gives you some relief from the symptoms of activation. Then the brain adapts. That's part of its incredible efficiency. If you had to learn how to drive a car each time you wanted to drive to work, you'd never be able to manage all the demands of life. So when you do something repeatedly, the brain starts to adapt and make it automatic. It creates a map that it can use instead of having to learn it again each time. It says, oh, that's just the airs thing, and we know how to do that, and it doesn't give it much attention. Then it seems to stop working because the essential aspect of the AIRS protocol is to first get your own attention so that you can reorient. To keep the AIRS fresh and active in the brain, you may need to keep adapting it slightly. 
Anything novel is more likely to get the brain's attention. Once it becomes routine or automatic, it won't be as effective at catalyzing brain integration. Defining it works and it doesn't work. What most people mean when they say it works or it isn't working is whether it reduces the activation or not. But as I've said repeatedly, reducing the activation isn't as relevant as whether you're moving towards integration or stuck in an activation cycle. The important question to ask to know whether the map and techniques are working is, are there signs of integration? That's really the only question that matters. And that can't be measured by how much activation is occurring, but by your response to the activation. It helps to approach with curiosity, saying, oh, just this, or hello you, I know you, and greeting activation as a familiar, though perhaps unwanted visitor, rather than a scary monster, and with as much curiosity as possible, which signals the brain that there's no current threat. Then the alarm brain can put down the guns and let in some fresh airs. One of the reasons that curiosity is an important part of integration and brain change is that it involves holding something lightly in your attention. The opposite would be fixation, hypervigilance, criticising, worrying or analysing. Why, why, why? Which are all likely to trigger some alert alarm in the brain. Acknowledge or accept. Acknowledging means noticing and naming the experience, holding it lightly, not analysing activation or letting it grab attention. By acknowledging your experience during activation, you've already started to reorient by gently shifting the focus inward and holding it lightly in attention rather than with fixed attention. Acknowledging or attending with curiosity is inherently accepting. But if you tell yourself you need to accept this, it can rebound in resistance. No, I don't want to accept this. So just acknowledge what's happening. Notice trying to stop. Using the term acknowledge also invites you to notice and acknowledge your impulse to avoid or efforts to stop the activation. Acknowledging Just noticing and naming and giving the experience a number between 0 and 10 gives the brain a signpost or flag on the map of experience that potentially allows it to recognise activation and make other connections. This creates a more interconnected map which encourages integration. By identifying physiological tags, what some people refer to as somatic markers, during activation, the brain can recognise them the next time activation occurs and make the necessary connections. It's essential to acknowledge and name whatever is happening before doing anything else. Otherwise, you're likely to create another avoidance or control loop with these techniques. Acknowledging and naming during activation is the foundation for later integration because the brain is building connections to a larger whole brain map. It's not just a feeling. 
The activation is not always a feeling. Sometimes it's a secondary reaction such as overthinking or you might be remembering something. It may be an old story such as the victim myth or a behaviour or impulse such as overeating or withdrawal. At times, you'll be more aware of the secondary activation than the feeling response. Don't get too hung up on whether it's a primary or secondary activation. I just call it all activation because usually the activation cycle has become entrenched and it's hard to separate primary and secondary reactions that are all tangled up together. You don't need to name them all. Acknowledging what is happening is the first base. If you dash past without touching down, it won't give the brain the basis for a home run, that is, integration. The initial acknowledgement validates what's happening. There's only a thin line between saying it isn't current and telling yourself it isn't real, which is why acknowledging is important. Activation feels very real. It's just that your brain is using the wrong map for this place and time. So if you don't acknowledge the experience, it can be like saying it isn't real, like saying just get over it, denying or minimising the experience. Denial or minimising may work in the short term, but in the long term, it's likely to create more avoidance of what you know is a real experience, so you end up in a split. Name the obvious. Just notice and name the obvious reactions because it all happens so quickly and you don't want to get hooked into trying to work out exactly what's happening. The idea in acknowledging is to touch down lightly with the most obvious reactions and then move through the airs sequence. Keep the attention moving, swinging lightly through the airs, making contact, then swinging back again. Yes, it can feel like a circus at times. Often you'll have one aspect of activation that grabs your attention most. This is different for everyone and may change over time as your brain integrates old memory maps. Becoming curious about what's happening as it happens, acknowledging and giving it a score, are all extremely helpful in slowing down the activation, a pause that creates gaps in the cycle of activation. The best thing you can do when you're in a spin is to slow down and not panic. Easier said than done, of course, but the more you practice it, the better you'll get. Mary, growing awareness. This thing happened. Uh Uh-huh. I had a situation with Sarah, my oldest daughter. She asked if I'd mind the kids because... She had some work training and it was her usual day off. She said it was really important. I was reluctant because I'd already said I'd take Aunt Maud to the open garden in the morning. But Sarah sounded so desperate that I rang Auntie Maud and cancelled. She was very disappointed, poor love. Her sons never visit, let alone take her anywhere. And she's the dearest woman, mum's sister. Reminds me of Gran. Oh, I hadn't thought of that till now. And the situation? Sarah didn't show up. 
by nine I was worried because she said she dropped the kids off before 8.30 to be in the city in time for training. So I rang and she said she'd decided to stay home because she was too tired. When were you going to ring and let me know, I asked. Mum, I just got out of the shower. I'm dripping wet. Don't be so damned impatient. I was going to ring when I was dressed, something like that. As if I was such a demanding, impatient cow that she had to yell at me. Yeah, she yelled. But I hadn't even said anything. Anyway, there was no point talking to her while she was like that. So I said, sorry, and then goodbye. Uh Uh-huh. I thought you'd bore me out for saying sorry and not standing up for myself. No, Mary, I'm not going to bore you out for anything. I'm curious about what sense you made of it. Phew, so I'm not in trouble? No, I'm not your sixth grade teacher. I'm working with you so you can create what you want. It's not about what I or anyone else wants. But here's the weird thing. I was upset for three days. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I went over and over how she couldn't even be bothered to let me know and I had to ring her to find out. I can't believe I said sorry to her. Sorry's in neon lights now. I just went over and over it. I was sad and angry and stuck and then it happened. What happened? I realised I was activated. Three days later, I realised I was activated. A bit slow, huh? Great that you were able to recognise it as activation, Mary. Yeah, but three days later, it was like a light went on in my head and I saw it so clearly. Before that, I'd even been looking at the map you gave me and thinking about what you said. But I didn't make the connection somehow that I was activated. Lights coming on sounds like startup integration to me. But it took me three days. Once I got it, it was clear, so clear. But before that, I didn't make the connections. It was like I was just trapped in it. That's because when you're stuck in lower brain distress or activation, the parts of your brain that make connections to help you make sense of things and join the dots have gone offline. That's why I give you the map, so your brain has something to help it recognise activation and orient to when it happens, because that's the only time integration can occur. It's weird that once I got it, it was clear, but before that I was just stuck in the spin. And what did you notice when you realised it was activation? Well, that was weird too. It sort of dissolved. Like the fear you have when you hear a noise in the middle of the night because you think it's a burglar, then you get up and have a look and there's nothing there but the wind making the curtain flap because your hopeless husband forgot to shut the window. So once you saw what it was, the brain was able to put down the fear. It wasn't really fear, it was upset and anger, something else like All this stuff about me not being important or I don't matter to them. I'm just their babysitter, a convenience. It went on and on. I was in one of those loops you talk about. 
a neural loop. So when you recognise that it was activation, it dissipated. Quite a bit, not entirely, but I could think about it clearly instead of going over and over it. It was like I had a cracked record in my head, as Auntie Maud would say. Yes, overthinking's usually very repetitive, so once you named it as activation, what did you notice then? Just that I got my mind back. I'm not sure what I want to do about it, but I don't like the way my girls treat me, and I would like to talk about that and how I can respond differently. Hello, looks like I'm back to that old issue about saying no again. This is like being on the city loop and you can't get off. Okay, let's work on the big N-O. There's awareness and then there's awareness. Awareness during activation is essential for integration, like switching on the light when the child is in the nightmare. But awareness isn't a one-dimensional experience. To investigate the different qualities of awareness would take another book, so here I'll discuss three different aspects of awareness. Imagine them on a continuum with closed or fixed awareness at one end and fuzzy or distant awareness at the other and open awareness or curiosity somewhere in the middle. Below, I discuss how each of these qualities of awareness affect integration. Closed awareness is like recognising or naming something in a way that closes the mind, like, oh yeah, that's X or Y, I've got it, and the mind closes because you think you have the right map. Your brain works from an existing map, even the air's map, rather than the direct experience. This doesn't invite insight or integration. If you think of awareness like a dialogue with an intimate other, fixed awareness is like the argument that repeats and you stand your ground, take your usual position and follow the same line of argument. It's familiar and repetitive. Fixed attention, as I've mentioned, is associated with trauma and therefore can alert the brain that there's a possible danger. Fuzzy or distant awareness. This is like watching from a distance and can indicate some dissociative experience. Fuzzy awareness is when nothing is really clear. Like an out-of-focus picture or movie with subtitles, but the action and words are out of sync, so it's confusing. This is a bit like saying, whatever, I'd rather ignore it or think about how I'd like to be rich and famous one day, like floating around in a balloon but never coming down to land. Using the analogy of a dialogue, this is like avoiding the hard conversations or skirting around the edge of them, or perhaps getting lost in the discussion but never really getting to the heart of things. The issue remains unclear or avoided. Or you might spend all your time together partying or planning your next holiday but never discussing your problems or important matters. Open awareness or curiosity with attention. This is the quality of awareness that has clarity and openness and could be described as insight. 
You see what's happening as it happens and your attention moves and discovers other aspects of the experience. In other words, attention isn't fixated on one orientation or a fixed way of seeing things. This is like leaning into the experience gently and noticing what's really going on and then the experience opens up. Instead of only seeing what's on the surface, you can penetrate the experience like David Attenborough or a deep sea explorer. The word that best describes this awareness is curiosity. In dialogue, this is like meeting the other and coming in close even though it may be uncomfortable and being willing to tune into your own internal experience and also hear the other person. Insight Dialogue by Gregory Kramer provides steps for creating this kind of dialogue. It's a creative dialogue of discovery and you never know where it will lead you because it's emerging and often surprising as you move in closer and closer to know about your experience and the activation in new ways. The first two qualities of awareness don't move towards integration, but the third, open awareness, is essential to begin the process. So when I refer to awareness as it happens, I'm referring to open awareness, which is like mindfulness. It's the quality of awareness that develops as you uncover and discover moment-to-moment experience in a new way. While this quality of awareness is easily developed in meditation, for most of us it's hard to maintain as we interact with the world. Inviting curiosity can be a gentle way into this quality of awareness.